Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and I've got a big episode for you this week. Uh, Not only am I reviewing Star Wars Resistance Episode 13, The Doza Dilemma, I'm also reviewing the Star Wars Resistance story from Star Wars Adventures uh, Issue 17. Um, So, lots to get to this week. I was hoping to have some uh, news from uh, the Return of the Star Wars show. They're back from winter break. Maybe. Uh, but as of Wednesday night, we don't have an episode. Um, I was, I was, kept waiting. I was going to wait till the episode airs in case there's any book news or maybe an episode 9 title um, to, to talk about on the show. Uh, but nothing yet, so I'll just, I'll save it for next week. I'm not going to, um, do an emergency episode or anything. Uh, but should be some, uh, interesting tidbits when we get it. Uh, alas, not yet. But I think I will, uh, do the comic book review first. Uh, it's, it's not... Uh, heavy spoilers or anything. Uh, just talk about uh, what it's what it's regarding, and then I will get into uh, my review of the Doza Dilemma, which lots to talk about there because after uh, the fun, lighthearted uh, episode, we got well starting with Bebo uh, to an extent, but also with um, Dangerous Business. Um, now we're in the end game. This is where the plot is moving, and there's a lot of serious stuff going on with what we will no doubt be getting to with the season finale. Uh, So let's get to it. Uh, Star Wars Adventures, um, issue 17. Uh, About a month ago when I did episode review, I talked about issue 16. Um, These stories so far have been written by show writers, uh, Kevin Burke and uh, Doc Wyatt. And so, you know, they've got people who writing for the show also. Um, it fits right in. Uh, fun, a fun little story, uh, not super critical uh, to the to the plot of the show, but it, it, as I said last time uh, when I talked about it, Star Wars Adventures is a fun series. It's very kid-friendly. Uh, it's published by IDW. Um, it, a little more light-hearted. Um, the the um, art is very beautiful. Uh, Valentina Pinto uh, did this one again, and is just something neat to uh, read. Um, again, it has another section of Flight of the Falcon, which, uh, as I said, I don't know if I mentioned it or not. Oh, I tweeted it out. Um, well, the Flight of the Falcon series is kind of a little multimedia connecting thread uh, just uh, to kind of play off of Solo with, you know, we found out some origins of the Millennium Falcon and um, the flight of the Falcon is, uh, you know, how did it get from Corellia to uh, Crate and Batuu 
So uh, there's a multi-part uh, uh, comic series which is in Star Wars Adventures. It the last few issues have been um, another one story and then a Flight of the Falcon story. So the last two episodes, of course, have had to do with Resistance, which is why I'm talking about them. But Flight of the Falcon has been fun, uh, and also there are um, young reader novels that have come out, including the excellent. Pirate's Price, which I want to talk about because I love that book, love the audio. Um, I, I will get to that. Uh, there's also a Choose Your Own Adventure, well, it's called Cho uh, Choose Your Destiny uh, book that ties in. Uh, it's, it's like the Choose Your Own Adventure books I had as a kid. Uh, my son's enjoying it. So I, I may do a Flight of the Falcon summary review later on, um, after the season of Resistance is over. Anyway, um, but Kevin and Doc wrote a story for this one called Sector 7E, uh, which is a Kaz and BB-8, um, fun. I'll admit, guys, I'm a little disappointed you didn't call it Sector 7G, which is, uh, a Simpsons reference. Um, yeah, that's where Homer works in the nuclear plant. But, um, like I said last week, I need confirmation that Bitey the Gorg is named after uh, the Simpsons. So, uh, but Sector 7E, um, the, uh, you know, I won't get into it too detailed, uh, just to say I had fun with it. Uh, there's a little, Kaz is doing a little daydreaming at the beginning, and uh, there's... Um, well, I'll just say it. Uh, he's imagining that General Organa is giving him a a medal for um, most heroic pilot that has ever lived, and uh, you know I really appreciate it because of you know the medal scene in A New Hope and how important that is to pilots. I'm sure that's legend in the Rebellion about uh, the medals that were bestowed upon the heroes. But alas, he's daydreaming. Um, Niku is, in fact, showing him how some of the valve systems and the piping works on the Colossus in case there's an emergency. Uh, so Kaz will know how to do that. Uh, but Kaz and BB-8, uh, they happen to stumble upon some uh, young pirates. Uh, just, you know, just some dirty kids trying to steal, uh, steal weapons uh, in this mysterious section, Sector 7E. And so they um, help to thwart that with this new knowledge of the piping system that Niku has given them. And that is, that's the basic uh, gist of it. I won't reveal how it ends. Um, so again, just fun little side mission on the Colossus. You get to see a, a different part of it. Uh, now, you know, I mentioned that the, the last issue was about Kaz tracking down this uh, racer who was uh, getting information to the First Order, and she was on the station uh, for one of the big uh, races, so we got to see that. So that, that story was a little more grand. Uh, you know, it was just glad to see a racing story 
Um, whereas this one, uh, you know, more more intimate, more personal with Chasm BB-8, um, but but still fun. Uh, it, the guys obviously know how to give um, you know voice to these characters. Uh, it's mo mostly Kaz and Niku as far as our main characters, um, the little pirate boys we haven't seen on the show. So um, you know, I do advise you know pick these pick these up. They're they're pretty inexpensive for comic books. Uh, you can get them digitally. Uh, if you want to, I got I read them on Comicsology on, on my Kindle. Um, uh, yeah, IDW, it's, uh, they do a fun, um, fun job with these publications. So, um, good job to the guys. Hope to see more of these. I can't remember exactly if there's going to be a Resistance story next month. I don't think so, but um, it would be neat to see more of these down the pike. Uh, maybe eventually. Like with the Marvel series, we'll get something like um, when they did Kanan, the last Padawan, and we got tie-in to Rebels with that TV series. So, um, yeah, just cool what Kevin and Doc did. Um, would love to see more Resistance comic stories, especially since there's another season at least coming. So, yeah, some more extra extra value this week. But let's move on to uh, episode 13, The Doza Dilemma, which, an outstanding episode. You have the pirates, you have the First Order, you're finding out more about uh, the First Order plot. And I'll, I'll get to it in the review. I was honestly surprised at how it all turned out. Not what I expected, even though you knew something of that sort was coming. I mean, we've seen the mid-season trailer. We know that the First Order is going to get that presence on the station and that they've been using the pirates all along uh, to achieve that goal. But the way they got there was... Uh, I, I give um, writer uh, Gavin Hignite uh, credit for getting us there the way he did. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, my apologies, Gavin, if I'm not... Um, but getting into it, uh, the first shot of the uh, this episode is at Starkiller Base, and I, I'm glad they have kept going back to Starkiller Base, even though we haven't spent uh, an extraordinary amount of time there. We they've established that that's you know that's been their base of operations. It's not just this weapon we saw in Force Awakens. Now they had been there a while, it, it had been completed, uh, so they can use it. Uh, there's plenty of Star Destroyers in orbit at, at this time. Uh, just a great visual. and you, It's like, like all this establishing shots of de the Death Star in the original trilogy where you've got the Star Destroyers there, the uh, TIE Fighters are flying around on patrol. Uh, just beautiful looking. And then you get the uh, hologram conversation between Pyre and Phasma and Kragan and the pirates. D just like I'm, I love how they show Starkiller base repeatedly. Uh, just the fact they're showing a command structure to the First Order and to the stormtroopers. Pyre there with Phasma. 
I, I really like that. Um, uh, Pyre and Von Reg have become good characters. Uh, it's nice to see that it's not just Phasma, it's not just Hux, um, and anybody on that level. That they've got, yeah, the Stormtroopers have more depth to them, and they have these um, leaders who are interesting and plotting. Uh, it, it's and we we haven't even even seen Snoke. That's a, a whole other part of the First Order. Uh, we haven't seen Kylo Ren yet, possibly. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, just everything about. Pyre and him making the deal with Kragen. Uh, just really good stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's jumping ahead, but, you know, I'm glad Kragen is, you know, is left alive at this point because there's more to come with them, I'm sure. And it's always, even though we've mostly seen Kragen in um, hologram form. You know he's he's making deals. He's trying to get his uh, part of the pot in all this. Yeah, and then moving along to Sonara. Uh, you know she's. And I'm I'm so glad that Jonah Marie Macias brought it up when when I had the mid-season review with her. Because, you know, I thought, well, I, I've liked what they've done with Sonara at the mid midway point, but, you know, she kept going on about how uh, how much she, she loves that character, and it was her favorite. And then we've had two good episodes with Sonara this half of the season already. She has become a very solid, uh, complex character, and that's great. Um, you know, here we see her... Kragen, uh, you know, talking to her again. You know, she's not reporting in as much. She says she's busy uh, with spying, and you know, he accuses her of hanging out with her her new friends that she's trying to make. But on the same side, you know, when she goes to uh, Aunt Z's, and then Cass says, "Haven't seen you much," and she talks about working extra shifts. So she, where, what is she doing? Is is yeah, yes, she's spying for the pirates, but she, she's not just hanging out either, and maybe not necessarily doing those extra shifts, because you could tell she was lying about that, so, you know, she's been up to different things. But you can tell that, I mean, she has grown attached to the people she's interacting with on the station. So, there's there's more to come with her, and, you know, I don't I don't know how much longer she'll be on the season. I hope hope she continues on, but you know, there's a chance she'll make a sacrifice. Um, so yeah, there's a lot to her in this episode. Uh, obviously she makes the decision once she finds out that Tora is in danger, you know, she she will help her. Um, but she still has to think about herself and um, her loyalties to the pirates. Um, so all she knows is that a couple, a couple other of the pirates are being sent in the shipping crate, um, and they just let them in so they can get into Dozer Tower, even though they have the high security. So she's got to figure out how to get them into Dozer Tower. Now, on the surface, you would think, 
and the plot moved along pretty fast. You know, she's told she has to do, do this, and then next thing you know, she's in Doza Tower because she got invited. Well, I mean, she was smart enough to put herself in that position that, you know, she knew that Kaz and Tora and Tam were hanging out at Aunt Z's, so go there and get into the conversation, and then, you know, she was fortunate to be um, invited up. So, and that was her doing. It wasn't just because of convenience. And it was good to see them playing darts again. Uh, that's, I mean, that goes back to the first episode. And then they've also done it on the shorts. Uh, it's fun to see them playing games like that at, in that in a public establishment like Aunt Z's. And of course, Tora's excited. She's got another video game. She's got, um, what is it? Drone Blaster. And it's so wizard. Uh, yes, they brought back Wizard uh, from, uh, you know, Phantom Menace. Uh, Kitster had that line. And I don't know if any of you remember the... The episode one line of toys came with those little voice chips that they could stand on, and they had like lines from the movie, and it clearly did not sound like uh, whichever actor. And I, I want to say the one that came with Anakin actually said "wizard," and everybody was like, "What? Really? There's a catchphrase?" And then uh, it turns out Anakin didn't even say it in the movie that Kidster was the only one. <clears throat> so, um, so they brought Wizard back. Uh, kind of like, oh, oh shoot! I'm thinking of '80s terms like tubular and, you know, radical and all that. Um, yeah, the, the whole beginning of this with uh, just you know the, you know, I don't know how young Tam is, but you know, just the youngsters hanging out and playing. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun, and seeing just seeing that dynamic between these characters that, you know, after this this long they become that comfortable with each other and that was, you know it's kind of neat too that Tor feels comfortable enough to go down to Aunt Z's because uh, if you remember oh, a couple episodes back uh, man, can I remember which one it was um, yeah, I, I forget. I think it was around episode 9 when uh, Tora and Kaz go to the marketplace and everybody's uh, bothering her and it's like, um, you know, asking her questions about her dad and everything. You know, that's not happening here. I guess everybody's just more chill, letting her play her games, have, have fun, even though there's, you know, still tension on the station. Uh, and then, we, you know, we get the great scene in her room where everybody's just sitting around... Uh, they're, you know, the Sonara's trying to get more information about the security droids and, you know, what's going on with her, with Tora's dad, and then Kaz asking about the First Order, but otherwise it's just them hanging out playing video games, and it's really cool. Um, oh, Secrets and Holograms, that's the episode I was trying to, to name. Uh, because, you know, in that one we also had Kaz and, um... Tora playing Fighter Command or whatever it was called. Uh, you know, like the Connect uh, fighter game. But, you know, they're playing. You know, it's kind of like the old Nintendo. Uh, like playing Duck Hunt and um, Hogan's Alley. Uh, you know, that's what they're doing here with Drone Blaster. Is it, just a lot of fun watching uh, them play. 
um, I thought I thought it was a nice touch, and they mentioned it on Bucket's list. You know, the the gun for the video game has like an orange tip on it because it's you can't make realistic looking guns, so they have to be very colorful and have orange tips to show that they're toys. So, uh, nice touch uh, on the animation there. Um, and then moving on, in Dose's office, he's talking to Pyre about the uh, the need for more security, and we get the line from the trailer about you need um, fighters, not racers, uh, to pre protect the station. I was kind of wrong in that I assumed that this line would be after the Aces, you know, suffered a, a defeat uh, in a pirate battle. It turned out not to be the case. He's just Pyre's just trying to, you know, establish facts or whatever. Um, make Doza think about it. You know, and Tora comes in and, um, yeah, that was, that was very tense because even though it's through hologram, you know, Pyre's, you know, looking at her like, you know, yeah, we're going to use you as a bargaining chip. Um, and, you know, Tora, you know, she had a great time with her friends, and she just wants to tell her dad she's being a 15-year-old. But then, you know, you've got this stormtrooper commander getting in your way. And it was it was great interaction in this scene between Myrna Velasco and Jason Hightower, um, playing their respective characters. Um, yeah, yeah, they just... You know, brought great tension and family to the to the scene. I mean, you could you could tell that. So you know, a lot of setup here with uh, the, the situation. But then we get to uh, scene in the, in the garage. I like that Bucket and BB-8 have gotten to the point where they play around a lot. Yeah, they're oh, not not roughhousing, but you know they'll kind of knock each other over and go chase around and kind of annoy everybody else. That was cute. Um, you know, like like you say, we're almost to the end of our um, you know fun with BB-8 on this um, se uh, season at least because you know he's got to go join Poe soon. So it's fun to see this interaction before uh, CB23 likely shows up. And yeah, we saw this on the trailer, so we know it's coming at some point. And then it's getting to dinner time. Tam and Niku want to go eat. And Kaz just wants to go see Sonara, and you know Tam gives him some grief about that. You know, Tam probably would enjoy hanging out with Sonara too, but I think you know right now she's more worried about food. I do, I do like that, you know, Kaz is, like, sniffing himself to make sure he smells alright. Which is a nice callback to Bebo. When Niku said he preferred Bebo's stench to Kaz's body odor. Uh, and he was smelling himself then. And so, yeah, just nice, nice little touches that, you know, allow for continuity. So... Then we get uh, the other pirates showing up, and the the, you know, the real meat of the episode kicks in. And I think I I've talked before about how much I, I like the pirates. You know, I like 
the backstory of you know they've been funded by the first order and they're wearing um, old imperial imperial uniforms that are kind of kit bashed just pieces here and there you know the ships they're using are built from old imperial ships and it kind of hit me in this episode I figured out you know not exactly where we've seen that before but just kind of that homage to uh, just kind of salvaging uh, what they have to have their own technology and equipment they're like the dreadnoughts on G.I. Joe uh, that was Sartan's group um, I think it, I think it's a part of it is because um, of their accents where they sound um, like Australian Cockney and uh, you know British and uh, just like foreign thug kind of a thing you know I don't mean that in an offensive way but but yeah I was thinking about it like when I was a kid and I watched G.I. Joe like the Dreadnoughts were I think most of them were British and there were a couple of Australian ones so they just had that accent um so and I was thinking man these are like the Dreadnoughts and, and I thought that was really cool I don't know if that was intentional or maybe they subconsciously were inspired by them um but uh, yeah, yeah, I just really like that, and it kind of hit home on this episode, uh, especially with the one weak way pirate, um, the way he talked. Uh, it kind of made me think of that. Um, yeah, the, the the Dreadnoughts were some of my favorite characters on GI Joe. Uh, anyway, side side note, maybe I'm uh, totally off base on that, but. Um, yeah, so, but, and I've, like I say, I've, I've always enjoyed the pirates, and then what we get just a little bit later in this episode was just the icing uh, for how awesome they are. Hey, buddy. My little audience has been sleeping on me the whole time. He can go back to sleep. That's right, you've had a, you've had a big day of play. You go back to sleep. I, I know, I love you. There you go. Your big brother's already asleep, yeah. I know, I was going to record earlier, but waited for the Star Wars show, and that never happened, so that's why we're, we're doing this now. Good night. It's also why I'm a little more low-key and quiet on this episode. Alright, uh, so, okay, I kind of veered off talking about the Dreadnoughts. Okay, um, and, you know, I talked, uh, talked before about Sonara's change of heart. Yeah, she needs to get the pirates in to accomplish their mission, but once they, she finds out they're not there to steal, you know, objects or, you know, things of value, they're there to kidnap Tora, that's when, you know, she, that, that's that's too much for her, you know. Tora's a friend, and she wants to help her, protect her. Um, and then, you know, the actual kidnapping with Tora, is, it's very, very mild. Um, you know, when, when, you know, you're watching the episode and you realize that that's what they're there to get. I mean, I didn't expect anything extreme for a kid's show, but you th I thought, you know, you know, the, 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 probably the next thing, time you see her, that she'd be, like, bound and gagged, and they'd be, you know, she'd be thrown over one of their shoulders like kicking you know like trying to get free 
you know, a little more visually concerning. But, no, they just went into her room and grabbed, and grabbed her, and she had binders on, and, you know, just get her to their, um, to their water bikes. And, you know, I like how defiant Tora was the whole time. Like, you think I'm scared of pirate and, you know, mouthing off to them the whole time. Uh, I mean, you, you could tell, you know, she was concerned for her safety, but she wasn't going to put up with the, any of the pirate's crap. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, the kidnapping went fine. Um, it's, it's on par with the show, so I can't complain there. Now, I do like that, and I'll talk about it in a minute more, um, that this, you know, it happens at night, and uh, that means we get, like, when Kaz goes to rescue her by um, barring the fireball, and then the aces uh, go after, you know, whereas a couple episodes ago with Bebo, we got that tremendous battle uh, against uh, Bebo's mom in broad daylight. You know, this is it's dark, it's cloudy, it's foggy, and to see all the ships out at night, um, you know, their colors you know, really popped against the dark backgrounds. <clears throat> it, it just, just beautiful, um, beautiful visuals there. And we get the tremendous Easter egg uh, for the episode. If you watch, if you check the cast list at the end, you'll notice Bo Keevil, who hasn't spoken much over the series, and did have some lines in those uh, shorts that they released in mid-season. Uh, it's official; he's voiced by Dave Filoni. Which, and, and again, um, Jonah Marie mentioned this in our conversation when I asked her where she saw Dave's influences on the show. You know, she reminded me his favorite species is Keldor like Plo Koon, that's why he was so prominent in Clone Wars. Well, that's what Bo Keevil is. And, and somebody pointed out, um, you know, his, uh, Bo's color scheme is uh, uh, gold and black, which uh, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And on a side note, that's, that's one thing that's really cool about Pittsburgh sports. Um, all their teams, the Pirates, the Steelers, and the penguins all have the same colors it's gold and black so that's just really neat that city that's their colors um, you know it's not like other cities where uh, you know like the dolphins and the heat and uh, panthers and missing a sport the marlins you know uh, in miami they're all different but yeah yeah uh, so days days from pittsburgh um, so yeah he's it's his character so, really cool. Um, I'm glad they revealed that now and not at the end of the series like they did um, with Chopper's identity. Um, so then we get to uh, the skiff chase where, you know, the pirates uh, did the clever, you know, send the bikes on without passengers so they could get on their skiff and go off in a different direction with Tora. And, and Kaz is chasing after them and they have that little... Uh, turret to fire at him. Um, yeah, that, that, that was that was great. Um, not not like a major dogfight because Kaz didn't want to shoot at Tora, but you know still the chase was pretty cool. 
and then we get to the my favorite scene um, yeah I, I talked about it on Twitter that what we see next it's so beautiful it's my favorite visual they've done on resistance and it's in my top five of Star Wars animation uh, turns out the name of the pirate ship is the Galleon and we got teased with it with Kragen standing there in the fog on the uh, crow's nest but the shot of the Galleon coming out of the fog that was just so beautiful I don't know if I can properly put that into words how much I love that, that shot it was incredible um and, and, you know, as it turns out, yeah, we saw it in the trailer a little bit, but the full shot here, and especially with, you know, as Kaz is approaching the skiff, and then he says, what is that? Um, and then we see it emerging out, uh, and the lights on it, um, kind of like light up the background. I mean, what they did... everybody involved with art on this show and animation what they did with this very complex dynamic pirate ship this massive one too coming out of the the fog and the color of the fog and the night sky and the water all contrasting enough to where it's not just like you know on a flatter surface you would see just like black and then you would see it coming out but no like the fog was different color than the sky and, and different color from the water and you could see every little detail and here it comes getting bigger as it emerges out of the fog and I was just blown away with how beautiful that was you know I didn't want to spoil it for anybody so that's why I was kind of vague in my tweet but you know people responded and said you're talking about the pirate ship right so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that other pe people uh, appreciate and recognize just how amazing and beautiful that shot was. Again, it's my favorite animated shot in Resistance. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more I can say. That was just um, incredible. And then just and they talked about it on Bucket's List the Galleon is you know it's all that cobbled together technology the Kraken's crow's nest and as I went back and watched it for the for the review notes I mean it, it moves because it's a an upside down uh, ATTE foot on an articulated leg so it can you know it can move it's got uh, lambda class shuttle wings uh, the main hull is an old AT-AT, AT-AT, whatever. And then it's built together to look like a big shark. I would love some sort of model of that. I'm sure it would be over a $100 Lego set if they tried to build that. But I, I need the Galleon. It, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a Star Wars pirate ship. And it was awesome. <sighs> okay, I think I've wasted enough time talking about one thing, but 
it, it meant it meant that much. It was just amazingly beautiful. Uh, let's see. Yeah, total total sidetrack. Um, and then you know, Kaz is blown away by it too, and he's like, "How can this get any worse?" And then the first order shows up, and you know, the shot of the Epsilon shuttle docking on the Galleon was pretty cool. And then we get to the big twist. You know, Von Rex coming down with a brief, you know, it's like, kind of, stere uh, not stereotypical, but, you know, what you would expect, like, oh, he's got the big briefcase of money, uh, you know, to complete the deal. And then, gives, uh, you know, hey, it's kind of cheesy, but, it, you know, he gives the line, Commander Pyre sends his regards, and then pulls out a blaster from behind the briefcase and starts shooting at the pirates, and so do the stormtroopers. And it turns out, like, you know, he's there, they're there to rescue Tora and gain Captain Doze's trust. Yeah, I did not see it coming that way. Um, you had to know the way the First Order was, us was using the pirates to you know, weaken the station and, you know, prove that the aces weren't enough and try to get Dora, Dora, Doza on his, on the First Order side, you know, the First Order, you know, has been convincing Captain Doza that their help is needed to fend off these pirate attacks. I figured what would happen what would be that, just based on what we got to see in the trailer, for the mid-season that there would be a major pirate attack where, you know, the uh, Colossus would take more damage and then the First Order would show up and defeat the pirates and then that's when they would gain their trust. So, but, no, they went this way with they, you know, they do this complex kidnapping plot and then rescue her and turn on the pirates at this point to to um, gain his trust, and I didn't. I honestly didn't see it coming, and I really liked how they did it. Um, and plus, it leaves the pirates out there. You know, they're going to want revenge. Sonara's kind of stuck in the middle, like, well, I'm still in the station, and and you know, I think uh, very soon we're going to see, you know, like how that the kind of the fallout from that. So. You know, Kraken's still alive, and, you know, what are they going to do in retaliation? And, uh, and Jonah Marie, on uh, her Culture S article for this week, talks about this. You know, what will the pirates do? Maybe they, you know, help to repel the First Order off the station after the occupation near the end of the season. Um, yeah. We might be heading towards a major, like, season finale where, you know, the First Order has full control of the station, Kaz has his little pocket of resistance fighters, you know, maybe the resistance joins up with the pirates and Bebo's mom, and they all fight off the First Order, and that's kind of the resolution for the season. So, yeah, it is not over with the pirates, and I, I'm glad of that. They're, they weren't wiped out by this. Um, and it was also cool... Uh, the Epsilon shuttle, to see it in action and what it can do, you know, it seemed like just a transport in the movies, in both Force Awakens and Last Jedi. 
So to see it, you know, uh, more dynamic and more in battle scenes, uh, we got it in Station Theta Black, we got it here. Uh, they've made good use of that ship on this show, and I'm really happy. Uh, so a couple of stormtroopers get left behind on the station for security. Uh, there'll be more, as we as we know. And, uh, you know, to kind of wrap it up, you know, Kaz has, uh, he witnessed all of this. Um, he knows what happened on the pirate ship. And he saw uh, the pirates talking to Sonara. So, he, I mean, his spying is paying off. He's He is able to put together the relationship between the First Order and the pirates and what the First Order did to gain favor with Doza. And, that, and he knows that Sonara is in league of some kind with the pirates. So he's he's identifying all the the pieces in this chess game. He's just got to figure out where the moves are going to happen. So, yeah, good job by Kaz becoming a better spy. I mean, he's got a lot to think about, but you know he he knows what's going on now. And he's you know he's obviously going to report back to Poe and Leia about this. But, you know, he's also got to protect his friends. So that is... I think I've expressed my appreciation for this episode enough. Uh, my son enjoyed it. Um, he, he wanted me to point out that he loved when they were playing video games in Tora's room. And he loves Buggles. As soon as, you know, he, they went to uh, her room, he was like, Is Buggles there? And yeah, yeah, he was. So you got to see him again. Yeah, good night, good night. Um, yeah, so uh, he had fun with this episode, and um, you know, my son was a little confused. Uh, you know, after the pirate, uh, the first order attacked the pirates, he was like, "So wait a minute, what were the first order doing with them?" So you know, I kind of had to had to explain. Well, see, they were just using the pirates, and you know, they're trying to get control of the Colossus, and this is the way they want, They felt they could do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I, I was able, to, even though I was surprised by the actual turn of events, you know, I've been, it, we've been able to, as adults, you know, figure out, you know, what the First Order's plan has been overall. But, you know, it's it's kept kids surprised. It is, you know, at least my son was surprised, so I imagine it's been that way for other kids. And so that's effective storytelling that on this show for them, they're keeping them surprised, and they're still finding little ways to surprise uh, the older fans. So, solid episode. I mean, it's starting the end game. It's just going to get worse with the First Order as we roll to the end of the season. But again, beautiful animation on this one. Of something very memorable. Um, just, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of great action. Great job, Gavin. Well, well written. Um, that, that's it. Uh, I will be back next week with um, uh, what should be another very strong, very tense episode. Uh, the week after that, I've got I've got a treat for you to go along with the episode review. But I will uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, until then, I'm going to get this one to bed. And 
we will be back next week with another review. Until then, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, you can find all the episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for Radio Dakar. Until next time, may the Force be with you.